Yo, welcome back to another episode of On The Spot Sports. I'm Jack, and today we are joined by DePaul Radio Sports member and DePaul University hockey member, and who, this will also be his second go-around on this show, Rudy Hodgson. Buddy, how are you? Doing all right. Trying to make the most of this quarantine business. Have a little fun, and uh, glad to be back. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, for, thank you again for coming on. It's, uh, I know we both wanted to do this for a while now, so it's good to have you back on. But it's a different time we're in now, right now, with all this quarantine stuff and not being able to do so much, except uh, probably just work out, just do some stuff on your own. That's pretty much it. So how's uh, quarantine going for you? Uh, it's going good. Um, fortunately, uh, haven't really stopped the whole workout thing. Uh, I've been able to still uh, get my reps in and, and better myself, but uh, – you know, it's kind of weird not being able to leave the house so much and not being able to see my buddies. But, uh, you know, like you said, trying to make the most of it, have a little fun. And, um, you know, we're able to get this show in. So uh, at least we'll uh, have a little fun over the phone. So make the yeah. most of it. So. Yeah, exactly. So I um, hope you've been staying uh, safe and healthy, bro. And uh, I've been doing pretty much the same. I've been just running, just getting some off-ice off lift kind of type stuff done. Uh, just working myself, to be honest, going back and watch some few, uh, some few highlight reels and, uh, just watch catching up on some old games, but pretty much that's it after that. And so I've, so let's get right into this. That's cool with you. Let's do it. All right. So I've seen you uh, throwing on the rollerblades in, uh, Cali right now. So how's that going for you, for you right now? <laughs> yeah. So I'm not really all that good at this quarantine stuff. I'm still going to the beach. Still, um, still rollerblading, trying to get some kind of different way of uh, uh, cardio in. So, uh, yeah, we went to the beach the other day, um, skated about 10 miles, uh, went from Newport to Huntington Beach and then back. Um, yeah, had a little bit of fun, you know, try to try to switch it up. My Actually, my first time on skate since the season ended, actually probably my second. Um, it's been nice to kind of unwind and not, not worry too much about hockey and um, be – be an everyday person again and and uh yeah it's been it's been nice but yeah i, I was uh rollerblading <laughs> having a little bit of fun um and it, it's been great it's been good yeah for sure it's always nice having a view of the beaches too yeah, right. yeah. Right there. couldn't be Can't better <laughs> yeah so um you skate 10 miles on skates yeah oh, that's crazy like how how'd your feet feel after <laughs> My feet are fine. My feet are fine. Um, and it's funny. Uh, I thought I was going to be a lot more sore because, like I said, I haven't, I haven't skated since the season ended. It's more of a personal personal preference. Um, but um, I actually felt it a lot more in my quads because um, there's a lot of uh, uphill, a lot of downhill. So um, definitely put the legs to good use yesterday. I'm glad to see that they, uh, they can still hold up a good skate. So Yeah, definitely putting in that work right now. It's all we can do right now, so might as well take the mo make the most out of it. Oh, you're right, man. It's, it's been weird, but yeah, you know, nope. Got to get some kind of work in. Yeah, absolutely. So we've been off the ice for quite a bit now, and like, how's that treating you? I know you've you said it felt good getting off the ice, but like, how's like everyone everything else going? Like hockey. Uh, good. You know, um, kind of had a bit of a reality check this past season. Um, didn't exactly perform the way I wanted to, but, um, decided to take a different approach this off season and, and not give myself a, a lengthy rest period. 
like I did last year. Um, so I just kind of got right back into the grind and um, switched up my routine a lot. Um, and I decided that, uh, you know, I wanted to take more of a body first, hockey second approach and, and try to lose a few pounds. And it's been going really good. Uh, I'm a lot happier now. And, um, you know, it's kind of nice to unwind and forget about hockey for a little bit and um, just take care of the body, you know, eating right, um, getting a few workouts in. And then this quarantine business hit and, you know, I went probably about a week without working out and I was miserable. So I reached out to all my buddies and was able to find a, a home gym. And, um, yeah, I've been, been staying on top of my health and fitness and it's been good, you know, definitely been a, a, a good adjustment to make. Yeah, that, that's that's awesome. Just nothing better you could do there, and especially during this quarantine. It's like the perfect opportunity to work on yourself and like get better at whatever you want to do, like lifting, like losing weight, all that kind of stuff. Getting better at hockey while doing all this, it's all right. all right there in the right there in the books. No, oh, yeah, I mean it's it's been uh, it's been really gratifying to to see the progress that uh, I've been making and. You know, I got a good uh, a buddy of mine that we played in high school together, and he's my goalie partner, and uh, we've been working out, and, you know, he gave me his routine, and um, I've been following it really strictly, his um, his diet plan and everything, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really happy where I'm at, and, um, you know, the season's still probably about five or six months away, so uh, I'm really confident that when the season rolls around, I'll be uh, I'll be more than ready to go. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot, lot longer of an offseason for us, for sure, especially with all this yeah. going down. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever be able to witness something like this again. You know, I, I, I uh, ask myself that pretty often. Uh, if, if we'll ever see something this crazy in our lifetime, I don't think so really. But, um, you know, the, the CDC is doing a good job of kind of keeping everybody informed and uh, keeping everybody uh, up to date on what's going on. So, uh, uh, yeah, as long as we keep, you know, staying in the house, staying safe, and, and more importantly, taking care of each other, uh, we'll get over it. And, and hopefully we'll be back on the ice soon. Yeah, that's honestly all you can do at this point. Just care for each other and stay in the house. Uh, don't hang out with friends as much as we all want to, because I'm sure everyone wants to hang out with each other. But, like, I'd rather have this be done with than have this be another, like, two, three months, maybe in four months before everything gets done. I agree. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, so uh, it's been a while since you've come on here. So we got a couple more. Uh, a lot more viewers coming on. So tell the, the, the viewers about yourself. So like, uh, where did you grow up? How do you get into playing hockey and your path to playing hockey at DePaul? Yeah, sure. Um, well, growing up a Cali kid, didn't really have a whole lot of ice. Uh, not really even sure how I got into hockey. I know, I know how I got into goaltending, but I don't really remember how I got into hockey. I think I was just kind of born into it really. Uh, played high school at Damien, played varsity uh, all four years of high school. Um, you know, my, the way I got into DePaul, um, I was just kind of looking, trying to explore my options. And then, uh, our head coach at the time, Jerry Fronek, he reached out to me and he was like, Hey man, we're looking for a goalie next season. Um, you know, made a couple promises that I was going to get a lot of playing time and I did. And, you know, I like to think that I made the most of it. And, you know, I try to carry that momentum into this season and, uh, you know, under a, a new tenured coach, um, and, uh, you know, it didn't really necessarily go the way I hoped, uh, like I said earlier, but, um, you know, that's kind of the game. You, you kind of got to adjust and, and make changes as you move on. And if you're not willing to make changes, then uh, 
then you're the problem. So um, that's definitely kind of been my state of mind uh, heading into this offseason because, uh, you know, playing with a chip on my shoulder next year and, and, and got to gotta prove to myself that, you know, I, I can still compete and, and play hockey at a, at a high level. So that's, that's kind of how I got into hockey. And that's, um, that's kind of how I ended up at DePaul. And, you know, I'm heading into my third year now. And um, like I said, just trying to make the most of it, get a good education and, and more importantly, play some good hockey. So. Yeah, for sure. And so, like you said, you don't really remember uh, how you got into hockey, but how do you get into goaltending? Cause yeah, sure. it's a crazy position to be in. Well, it seems like everyone has their story, right? Everyone kind of has their, their uh their tale as to how they became a goalie and, and mine's really not so different um like a lot of goalies I start off as a player uh wasn't the fastest guy still still really not the fastest guy um and uh one day my uh my coach at the time was an in-house coach his name was Eric um and he was like hey man our goalie's not here and and you know we think you we think you should try it see if you like it I think that was kind of his little way of of saying that I wasn't too good of a skater. Um, and I tried it on, probably only saw like two shots, but we got a shutout and I loved it. It just clicked ever since. And, um, you know, he tells me all the time that I might not have been the best, the best skater, but I, I had Gretzky hands and that I would set up players and I'm like, yeah, man, but you know, you got me hooked on this goalie stuff. So, um, if it weren't for him, I would not be here. And, uh, I, I actually owe a lot of my success to him because he's, you know, the first coach I ever had that really, you know, explain the fundamentals and the principles of what it means to be a hockey player. And, and, and I'm very grateful for him for sure. And, and we keep in touch. So he's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So just like you, like there's some crazy stories that how you got into playing goaltending. Like for me, I also started as a player and I want to say that I was one of the best skaters, but we know that probably isn't true, but <laughs> I, did, I did score a lot of goals. So, but then, uh, I was like going to like a stick and puck, I believe, with one of my uh, friends who's a goalie who played varsity for for our high school team and will play probably play, play juniors this year, I believe. So like he was like, "Yeah, you should try on the gear. Just try on. I'll I'll go uh, I'll go easy on you." Yeah, okay. We all know how that's gonna go. So he was just rifling shots at me left and right, and uh, I I did pretty well. So I was like. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I could switch to playing goal. So, I love it. yeah. So there was like a rat hockey too after, and I was like, I was sixteen or seventeen at the time. Like rat hockey is usually eighteen plus in Illinois, and I'm sure in other areas too. But like, I got like the the guys at the front desk were like, you should go on, you should go on. And then when they found out that I wasn't eighteen, they're like questioning it, but then. I just signed a waiver and they let me go on and I'm pretty sure I only gave up like five, six goals in like an hour and 30 skate for like my first time. So man, not I'm bad. Not bad. So fun next year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, uh, so that was, that's my story. And then ever since then, here I am a goalie. It's fun, man. You know, you it's it's so much fun to play but it's such a mental position man it's so easy to you know uh not have the best game and then it just kind of ruin your state of mind but um it's it's so much fun to be a goalie 
you know, you're so under the focal point and, you know, you're the easiest person to blame, but the, the easiest person to, to get all the credit. So it's, it's fun. Yeah. So going off like the, how physical, how mental the game is, um, how's your mentality when you're playing goal? Like what's, uh, what do you say? Like when you, when shit goes down the fan and uh, your team's losing, you're giving up goals. You probably shouldn't be giving up and stuff like that. Well, from, from personal experience, um, you know, this was definitely a year where I, I, underwent a lot of mental stress because of the position and because of my my play to be honest um you know me personally I'm very self-critical of myself um I I have an expectation of how I expect to play and um you know when you don't play up to your uh, expectations you know you can definitely uh go under a little mental warfare and I was no different so um you know, like I said, heading into this season, um, my mentality was, you know, I was going to be the number one and then I was going to roll with it and, and have a have a good sophomore season like I did my freshman year. And um, that certainly wasn't the case in my eyes. I struggled and, you know, I, I had to overcome a lot of uh, personal issues. Um, it even got to the point where I, I really didn't even want to play the rest of the season. You know, I just I was not happy where I was. Um but, you know, you take a good look in the mirror and you tell yourself, you know, this isn't me. And um, when, when, like you said, when, when shit hits the fan, um, it's all about making adjustments. And it's all about, um, you know, have, bringing back that confidence that, that you can be the number one. And, um, you know, given uh, the support of, uh, as you mentioned earlier, um, the support of my good friends over at Radio DePaul, I've been able to to kind of find a new identity and, and, and have a, an external uh, group of friends where I don't necessarily have to worry about hockey and can focus on being a student and, and, and someone that works in radio. So um, they definitely helped me get my confidence back. And, and, and that's why I'm, I'm headed into next season with uh, probably the most confidence and, and, and happiness uh, since I've came here. Yeah, for sure. So let's go back to your freshman year. So sure. uh, what was your mentality like? heading into your first season as a college hockey goaltender and then like throughout the year, like progressed, like what was your mentality towards the end compared to like at the beginning? Yeah. So heading into my freshman year, there's a lot of questions cause you know, you're young and you're not really sure how different the league is. And, you know, I was coming off probably the best year I had ever played in high school and, and probably the best year playing wise ever. Um, so I was really confident that I could hold my own and, um, my first game, uh, we won 9-7. So it wasn't necessarily, like, the greatest win, but you got the win. I was so happy. so happy to get it under my belt, and I got the puck and, you know, took the picture with the puck and everything, and, and it was really sweet and it was a cool experience. But, you know, uh, I remember my coach, Jerry, coming up to me and says, as far as first wins, um, that was quite the first win just because, you know, I started off – really poorly and I said well you know what coach I promise it's it only gets better from here and and that was my mentality that it you know it only gets better from here um and as the season went off uh it only got better I I took over the starting job and I was playing really well um you know I I, I felt really good about myself and um you know as a freshman to start in playoffs that's that's kind of saying something and 
our, our backup last year, a, a good buddy of mine, John Schuler, he was awesome. A good partner. Uh, he uh, was a senior at the time and, and, you know, I'm sure it was kind of rough for him to, to, to give it up, but um, you know, I, I was coming off a really good season, uh, which is why this season, you know, was so disappointing was because, you know, I lost that starting job and um, like I said, you got to make adjustments, but, but yeah, my, I was really, really full of myself my freshman year and I was really uh, excited to be where I was, but you know, that's life, man. You, you, if you're confident and you believe that you can do it, you're going to do it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's, that's kind of how I saw my freshman year. Yeah, exactly. And like your first win wasn't the prettiest, but hey, you got the job done. That's exactly. The job done. Get that. Get that win. That isn't that what matters the most. Exactly. Exactly. I remember uh, we won that game. We went on a good stretch, and then I got hurt uh, in the Marquette game. I hurt my groin pretty bad, and I was out for two weeks. And I was like, you know what, man? Like this, I've had issues with my groin before. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna be better. First game back, you know, I got my first shutout in college, and that just kind of fueled the fire. You know, when you're when you know you're on a roll, you know, you know, and and you feel it. Um, and and I was on a roll last year or two years ago now. Geez, time flies. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. So, um, since you said you got that groin injury, like, what was your like mentality like through throughout like the process, like recovery wise, and then like finally getting back in the game and getting that first shot out. Like, what was that feeling like after like everything you've came, came through? Yeah. So, uh, it was parents weekend. Uh, and my family came from Los Angeles and I get hurt in the first period. Uh, so, you know, it was obviously kind of upsetting to, you know, have my family fly out to Los Angeles just to see me get hurt and not finish the game that we ultimately lost to against Marquette. Um, they left. Um, you know, I started seeing a physical therapist. Um, she was helping me through uh, everything. And, and, you know, DePaul does a really good job of kind of taking care of their players, um, even though we are club athletes. Um, you know, they were awesome. They kind of helped me tweak everything back into place. And, you know, two weeks doesn't sound like a long time, but, you know, two weeks two weeks resting and not necessarily f- focusing on hockey is it's really good for the body to kind of recoup and, and get back into top performance. Um, so I took those two weeks off and, you know, saw the team struggle against Marion on the road. And, you know, that kind of was a kick in the ass to be like, you know what, man, like let's bounce back next week and let's go win some games. And, you know, we did just that. We slept the next weekend on the road. And um, like I said, picked up my first shutout, and and it, it was a really fun experience. So that that was that was definitely a one of those things where you turn a negative into a positive, and just kind of run with it, really. Yeah, for sure. So who is that first uh, shutout against? Uh, Northern Michigan, NMU. So uh, you know they weren't necessarily the most skilled team, but yeah. but it was nice to kind of to get it out of the way. Yeah. So how'd that game go? Like. Did you were you like thinking about a shutout? Like, I'm sure like third period comes and like some goalies like it's shutout time or 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 sometimes uh stuff turns the other way and you give up one or <laughs> how like how'd that go? Yeah, so I didn't really think much of it until the third period and I was kind of starting to get a little not necessarily nervous but kind of like antsy like man this clock's gotta go. Um, 
it was awesome. You know, it was such a cool experience. And it's actually funny because uh, with about four minutes left in the third, we're up like five nothing. And uh, our defenseman trips a player on a breakaway. So now I'm having to face my first college penalty shot with four minutes left in a shutout game. And you're just trying not to get embarrassed, too. Damn. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. So you don't want to get, like, not only ruin the shutout, but you don't want to give this team momentum. You don't want to give up a goal late in the third. And more importantly, you don't really want to get embarrassed by the player. Um, so he comes down the slot. He comes a little wide. And, you know, I, I if anybody from the ACHA is listening, you know, this is a, more of a tell. Um, I always put my glove down. I love putting my glove down. I like baiting players into trying to shoot glove because I feel like that's my strongest part of my game is my glove hand. So I put the glove low and I try to get him to bite and he fakes towards the blocker. So I, I, I bite, but then he goes glove side and you know, he shoots it and I put my glove up and it just hits the lip of my glove and goes over the net. And I was like, man, that could have gone South real quick. And then, um, Funny enough, after I made the save, the ref comes up to me and he goes, man, I didn't know you were going after your first shutout. I wouldn't have called it if I knew. And I'm like, well, you know what, man? <laughs> Let's, we'll have that conversation in four minutes when the clock runs out. Um, unfortunately, I got it. So that was that was awesome. It was, a, it was, it was really cool. Yeah, that just seems like a really cool uh, cool experience. Cool getting that, like, first first actual shutout. And right. just, just get that save on the penalty shot. First ever penalty shot in college, yeah. and you save it and you get the shutout. Nothing could be better than that. Yeah, I have all my my uh, my pucks from all my big games. Uh, first college win, first high school win, uh, my senior game. I think I have my college shutout in there somewhere. International win, uh, and other stuff like that. Yeah, my my mom likes to keep all that stuff, so I I make sure to hang on to it for her. She's a big memento girl, so. Uh, did you get the picture on the fridge uh, of your first, uh, first win? <laughs> no, but uh, I think I think someone gave me the, the score sheet for that game and said, like, if you want to frame it with the puck, then you can do that. But I really do not know where it is. I, I have it somewhere, but I, I really, you know, for me, it's not a big deal. You know, you kind of you got to act like you've been there before. Yeah, oh, exactly. My mom, my mom likes that stuff. So, I yeah, exactly. The same, same thing for, like, my teammates, like, in my men's league, they'll all like give me give me crap and be like, "You're gonna put that in the fridge?" I'm like, "I'm like, <laughs> yeah." And and then uh, I have like my strong suit of my games also my glove side. So like my my glove actually saved my shutout too. Like this year, like February, was uh I was playing in a tournament in Chicago at the at the Blackhawks practice facility, and like we're it was a tournament. We played five. We played four games that day, and we went. Unfortunately, we went one and three. But our like the first game went really bad. We, we lost like seven four. Second game, I got my shutout. My first shutout, like competitively. So that was good. And like with like exactly like with like five minutes left in the game, like this one dude shot it off my pad. It went up in the air. The dude, the dude swatted it with his stick. And like my glove came out of nowhere and just snagged it. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than to be good, man. Sometimes yeah. it just kind of it works itself out. So that's kind yeah. of a, a thing about being a goalie is you know it's really fun, but 
sometimes it's really stressful. So yeah, exactly. So uh, in college, uh, teams have usually have three goalies, right? Yeah. So uh, what's your like goaltending dynamic and like your relationship with uh, your current goalie partners, AJ and Asher? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I'd say this is probably the closest tandem that I've played with. Um, you know, I'd say AJ is probably my best friend uh, in Chicago as far as the hockey team. Um, you know, me and him are really close. And, you know, he was always kind of the guy that, you know, I would fall to if, you know, I knew I was struggling and I kind of needed a kick in the butt. And he was uh, he's awesome. You know, we were planning on living with each other next year. And, um, yeah, he's, he's super down to earth, really great goaltender. And, um, you know, we, we, we got, a, we got along pretty well, uh, right off the start, you know, we were pretty much inseparable on, on road trips together and we stayed together every road trip. We, we always got the same room. Uh, he's, he's honestly the great, the greatest guy. Um, and the Asher, uh, Asher's kind of new. Um, he's awesome. He's, he's great. And he's a, he's a damn, damn good goaltender too. Um, you know, he was a, a mid season pickup for us to transfer out of, uh, Wisconsin, I think. Um, you know, he just kind of showed up and, and, and took over, you know, he started in playoffs and you can tell that, uh, the chemistry within him and the team was, was pretty uh, prominent off the start. Um, uh, you know, he's a great guy and, and we got along really well. And, you know, the three of us have this really cool picture of us uh, together after the, that last game where we were all just kind of hanging out and, and our, our camera guy uh, got a good picture of the three of us, but yeah, the, the dynamic is good. It's, it's healthy competition. Um, you know, obviously you're kind of uh, coming after each other as far as who gets the starting role and everything. So, you know, there's some competition there, but it's all in good fun. You know, we all, we all want to see each other succeed. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, if one of us gets a shutout or a huge win, you know, we're the first ones to congratulate each other. But, you know, in the back of your head, you're kind of like, yeah, you know what, I kind of want to be the guy to, to get that win or get that shutout. So, um, you know, uh, it's a healthy competition, but off the ice, um, you know, there's no competition at all. You know, there's good chemistry between the three of us. And um, I, I say it to Coach Danny all the time, you know, we're, we're a dangerous pair of three. And, and you know, you either roll out with me, Asher, or AJ, you, you got you got some good security back there. So um, it's 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 a relief that uh, I get along with the both of them because I've had some pretty bad goalie partners. And, um, you know, to be able to get along with your with your guys, it's, it's, it's pretty good. So, yeah, I, I love those two. They're awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it's really important to have a good goalie partner, goalie partner, goalie partners on like any team you go. It just makes like the experience that much more better. You, even like just like being with like the team as well. Like you're, you got to have a good chemistry with that team as well. So, like, yeah, it's huge. As as a goalie, it's goalie partners are huge in that aspect. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you know, like I said. Um, I think it was the the last game of the season. I forget who we played against, really, but I I probably finished the season off with my best game of the season, which is not necessarily a good thing. Um, but I you know I held my own. I played really well, and uh, AJ AJ and I split that game because we knew Asher was getting the playoff game, so we we decided to split the last game. And um, I started, and he finished. And um, you know, after the game, we kind of looked at each other, and we were really satisfied with how we played. And um, you know, he's he's very quick, uh, AJ to to help me kind of get back on my horse and um, we have a really good relationship. And, and like I said, you know, he's probably my best friend on the team and, and uh, he's a really great guy. And same, same goes with Asher. He's, you know, he's been, he's been an awesome guy to work with and, and to play with and um, more importantly to hang out with off the ice. 
Yeah, for sure. Do you have any uh, off-ice stories that are, like, appropriate? Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, yeah, I got a good one. But this is before uh, Asher came in, so uh, I apologize for not including him. But I got a good one with AJ. We were on the road against Lindenwood. Um, and uh, I can't tell you the inside story between the term, but we had a little saying uh, where we would say, fool me twice. So the story behind fool me twice without kind of giving you the context, we had a little bit of a situation um, with uh, an issue outside of the rink that uh, resulted in uh, a, a lot of us kind of getting in a little bit of trouble. Um, and uh, we went to a, a Dave and Buster's after a, a game, our first game, and we were at Dave and Buster's and uh, the checks came around and, and AJ completely forgot to pay for the food completely forgot and i'm not saying that because you know maybe he you know didn't pay because he didn't want to he genuinely forgot and it was really late so we had to take off down the bus and get back to the hotel so um you know we walk out and then aj realizes that he's had his credit card in his pocket the whole time and, and never gave it to the to the waitress so um you know we're in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and we're heading on the bus and you know we we came up with this thing you know it's like fool me once shame on shame on you or shame on me whatever and then we just said fool me twice and it was just the most hilarious thing to us because of the situation that we had gone through earlier in the season um so it was a uh, it was this little saying that uh whenever we would see a specific person that me and him know we would say haha fool me twice and then we would just start laughing uncontrollably and guys would probably look at us on the bus and like man these guys are insane but um yeah, if, if he if he listens to this, and I'm sure he will, he'll know the story behind "Fool Me Twice," and and he'll know uh, he'll know how funny the story is. So I'm sure he'll get a good laugh out of that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You you sometimes need those uh those moments. They especially bring you close together. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's always huge. good to have those moments. Like yeah. trust, trust me, I've had some of those moments, and it brings you closer with a lot of people. Yeah, man. It, you know, you know that kind of stuff builds chemistry, and and chemistry is so important on a hockey team. Uh, so so to be able to have that moment with AJ was really really fun, and and you know I think about it pretty often. Uh, I wish I could tell you guys more, but it's not really all that appropriate for for the show. So I'll keep yeah, that. I'll keep it. I'll keep you guys kind of up in the air on what what fool me twice really means. But that's that's kind of all I could tell you. Keeping it PG. Yeah. So that that's all we could ask for you right now. So uh, you went from playing uh, some of your best hockey of your career to like dropping off tremendously. What, how much did that affect you? And like, what was like your mindset through all those times? And like, how do you like deal with all those situations? I'm yeah. sure the chemistry with your with your goaltenders helped too with that. Yeah, yeah, and and like I said, you know, when when I was going through uh, that rough period of games, uh, AJ was kind of the glue. You know, he kind of kept me together. He's like, man, you know, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself, but you know, you're not doing that bad. And, you know, deep down, you know, maybe he was right, but I was very stubborn. And I told myself, nah, man, I, I know what I bring to the table and I'm not bringing it right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I had a really great freshman year, like I said. And then, you know, to kind of, you know, to be blunt, um, I lost that starting job. And, and down the stretch of the season, I became a third when Asher came along. And, you know, that it really messes with your head when you, you know, go from being the guy to, not being the guy and um 
you know, you kind of have little moments throughout the season where, you know, you're kind of going through a lot of self-doubt and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough position to be in, you know, um, and that's, It's, it's psychological warfare because, you know, it, you know, sometimes you bring the game home. You have a bad game and you come home and you're like, shit, I, I really wish I I played my game. And, and uh, you know, it, it really affects your your mentality. And, um, you know, you could probably ask some of the people that I'm closest to, you know, after a bad game, you talk to me the next day and I'll probably be really quiet to myself and not really want to talk about a whole lot. So, um you know, that, that was kind of the story of the season for me. And, um, you know, it's, it's a, a huge pain in the butt to, to not feel confident about yourself. And, uh, and that was the case for me last season, but, you know, you can't really dwell on it. That's hockey, right? You kind of, like I said, you got to make adjustments and, and try to make the most of everything. And uh, to be able to say now confidently that I'm ready for next season, uh, it's a, it's a huge step in the right direction for me personally. Yeah, that, that's awesome that you're uh, you're ready for next season already, and like you're you're very confident in what you're going to bring to the table. So, uh, like we're going back to like the like all like how goalies uh mental mental game like that really does take a toll on you, especially when you start like not being confident in yourself. Everything goes down south quickly from from there. So. You just gotta, you just gotta stay positive and just like work through like the slumps that you're in and just work your way slowly up. I know as goalies we like to like get there to there quickly. Like sometimes it's just about the process. Yeah, you know these things take time, and um, you know, for me personally, uh, you know, halfway through the season, you know, I was just begging for the season to end. Really. Um, you know, when you don't have your stuff and, and when you're struggling internally and, you know, you're, you know, everything's just kind of crumbling, um, you find yourself in a very vulnerable position and, and that's kind of where I was. And, you know, you kind of feel really empty inside. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, I, I found a, a good support system in Radio DePaul and a lot of my friends over there, um, you know, they kind of, uh, they got to know me as Rudy the person, not Rudy the hockey player. And, um, you know, it kind of, you know, let me enjoy the simpler things and, and kind of not really worry about hockey. And, you know, because that's kind of all I've known throughout my life is, is hockey. And, you know, I got to get to practice. You know, I have a game. I have this. I have that. And, um, you know, when I was with them, I, you know, completely shut hockey off and, and completely just got to worry about being a person again. And, and um, you know, that's why when the season ended, I, you know, I chose to not put on skates and to not worry. That's no, sorry, Mike. Got a work email. No, you're good. I chose not to put on skates. I, I I was very unhappy with how my season went, and I was very against playing hockey. That I completely turned off the game. And um, you know, when you not necessarily a great thing. I wouldn't necessarily recommend this to people, but you know, if you deprive yourself from from that, you know, it kind of gives you that hunger to come back and and play. And and that's kind of what happened to me. Is you know, I. I didn't play for such a long time. And, and now that I can't play, it makes me want to play again. And, um, 
it goes back to what I said earlier. When you have the motivation and the, the confidence in yourself to go out and perform, it, it's, it's a really dangerous thing for the players you're playing against because, you know, confidence is everything and, and so is momentum. So, you know, I'm trying to carry a little bit into that next season and, 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 and like I said, get that chip off my shoulder. Yeah, so you uh, you said that you you lost your love for hockey at at one point during your time, and yeah. um, so like, what was that like experience like? Like not not like wanting to play or like anything like that. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, an unfortunate thing. You know, when you grow up doing the thing you love, and then one day the love is just not there. It's it's really a gut wrenching feeling. Um, you know, because for a while there, like I said, you know, I just wasn't happy being on that team. And it's nothing against the program. It's nothing against the team. You know, we got a great group of guys. And uh, like I said, great group of goaltenders. And, and our coach is great, too. And, um, you know, it's it's more of a, of a personal thing. And, and that was the personal thing for me was, you know, I was just, you know, down the stretch. You know, you're not getting minutes. When you do get minutes, you're getting pulled. You're losing games. You know, you see, you see all the success around you. Uh, team success and at the end of the day that's all that really matters but you know like I said you, you want to be the guy winning those games and you want to be the guy thriving and and getting those moments and, and when it's not you it, it, it could really take a toll on you and uh, that was the case for me and, and I could tell because you know uh, you're not you're not getting playing time and, and to sit uh, during playoffs to be a third in playoffs like I, I wasn't even supposed to dress um, which you know I'm not going to say it was a slap in the face, but it was like, a, it was like, a, it was an awakening. It was like, man, I'm, if I'm not even being considered a dress, uh, that, that really says a lot about where I'm at as far as my game. And uh, it's, it's a really, really uh, empty feeling when you're not the guy. So uh, yeah, I lost my love for hockey. Uh, I'll be the first to admit it. I wasn't watching games, had no desire to watch the Kings play. I just wanted nothing to do with hockey for a while. And uh, you know, like I said, when you have that in the back of your head as the season is going on, it's not it's not a great thing. Um, so yeah, it was a struggle, but I'm I'm glad I'm kind of over the hump and uh, taking good care of myself and and finally you know kind of having that love for hockey back and wanting to play and and, and having a having a, a good support system around me. Yeah, that must have been a really really tough time for you, especially since you grew up uh, loving hockey and then one day it's just gone and like yeah you have to like reset after that and you don't even know if you're going to come back or not but you you end up coming back so like what uh what made you get those uh feelings back for hockey yeah so um you know i think a big thing has been the quarantine and not not having it there uh i hate to use this term but i'm going to use it uh you know, being deprived of hockey and not really giving, not being, not being given uh, the sport is something that makes you miss it so much. And then, you know, I started to think about how, you know, if, if I, if I don't play after college and, you know, after college, this is it, um, you know, yeah, there will always be men's league. There's always going to be stuff like that, but, you know, to be able to, you know, competitive, real uh, fast paced, true hockey, um, you know, after my senior year, if I don't go anywhere else, this is it. And uh, I told myself, listen, man, you know, you have a bad break. Uh, you have to find it within yourself to just uh, find that motivation and find that love again. And, um, you know, training and, and I feel lighter on my feet, uh, a lot of internal happiness and, and uh, 
when you finally get that mojo back, you just kind of want to get going. And, you know, the season could start tomorrow and I'll be ready to go, you know. Um, but, yeah, you know, you lose that love and it's all about finding it and scratching your way and and and, and just kind of finding an answer. And, and right now I'm in the process of, uh, of getting everything back to normal. But, uh, you know, like I said, it's 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 all coming together. Yeah, that's awesome that it's finally all coming back together. I'm glad. I'm sure DePaul's glad. I'm sure everyone around you's glad. I hope they're glad. I hope they're glad. <laughs> not so living in snowy Chicago. Yeah. Uh, for them not to be glad that I'm there. So I hope I hope they're happy with me there, even if I have a bad season. Yeah. You're you'll do great next season. I already know that. So uh throughout like all these times, like you found a new identity and uh happiness with uh the people over at uh, Radio DePaul Sports like take us like inside of like that experience and like go like deeper into like Radio DePaul yeah man we got a great group of people um you know I have my my good buddy a boss he's our general manager there and, and you know we probably talk every day um you know I have uh my buddy Gina she's awesome she really has helped me a lot through uh through these tough times and uh kind of giving me a reason to not really worry about hockey and 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 uh and have a, have a good mentality. Um, you know, I have people like, uh, Natalie, uh, Jake Cantu. He's awesome too. Uh, uh, Ben, uh, cans, you know, I have a great group of people over there at the station, Alana, uh, who I hosted a hockey show with. And, um, you know, just like I said, you know, they're the people that, you know, I, I didn't worry about hockey when I was with them. I just worried about being myself. And, you know, that's a huge weight to have off your shoulders because you can be yourself and you can enjoy, the simpler things like watching the Super Bowl and, and not having the, you know, I probably spent the last like 10 Super Bowls watching it with my family or with my teammates. And um, to be able to say that I, I got to hang out with my favorite people over at the station, you know, they've been huge in, in getting me back to shape and, uh, and kind of giving me a reason to, to keep pushing myself. So, um, you know, I cannot thank them enough. And they're, they're an awesome set of people. And um, I, I honestly, couldn't tell you where I'd be if I didn't have those people in my life. Yeah, it just seems like an awesome, uh, awesome. Oh, and Colby, and Colby. Sorry, I have to mention Colby. He's he's, he's our little man, cool friend. I have to notice, have to bring him up. Colby, you're yeah. the man. <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously, like I know Colby too. So like, what's your like relationship with him? Like, you guys seem like you guys always have a lot of fun. Yeah, man. He's he's really cool. He's really loud. He likes to express himself. Uh, I'm sure you know Colby. Uh, you know, he's got his show going on, and uh, I think I'm going to be on it soon. Um, but, yeah, Colby's great. And, and you know, uh, CJ, I have, to, I have to mention CJ. Even though he gets under my skin, I love that guy. And, and you know, we're, we're a good group of friends. We hang out pretty often. And um, he's, he's, you know, those two are, are, uh, are when we're together, we're inseparable. So they're, they're awesome. And, and I'm sure you know CJ. I'm sorry. I'm sure you know Colby and, and how uh, – how much fun he can be, but how easy he can be to get under your skin too. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Colby's a Colby's a great guy. We always uh, we always give his uh, podcast shout out. So shout out to Miss Call Podcast. Shout out to Colby <laughs> and Sauce. Well done. Shout out to Colby and Sauce and and all the guys over at uh, Miss Call. Yeah. So um, seems like a great group of uh, people over at uh, Radio DePaul. Like. I, I read that you and you also just mentioned it that you uh have like a you host like a hockey like show on Radio DePaul Sports like what's that about and like what's going on with yeah. that? Um, 
So, you know, I didn't do it last quarter. Uh, I did it the quarter before when we were still kind of in season. Um, yeah, I, we kind of just talked hockey for 30 minutes and it was kind of a little bit of an escape from uh, the hockey I play and just kind of talked about the NHL. But, you know, winter quarter, you know, because of where I was and because of uh, external uh, factors, I, I wasn't on a hockey show. I didn't really have any desire to be on a hockey show. Um, I decided to do an L.A. show instead. Uh, talked about LA sports, but you know, if you go back to the tape, I probably talked about the Kings once because <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't watching the games. I, I really didn't want to. Um, it was all Laker talk and, and Dodgers talk, and um, occasionally I'll talk about the Rams. So yeah, I mean, that was kind of what I did, and um, it's fun. But I, I had a show with Alana and Jake, who I mentioned earlier, and it was the Mighty Pucks, and it was a lot of fun. Hopefully next year we can bring the band back together and uh, make a little magic. Yeah, that that'll definitely be fun. I'll I'll have to take a listen, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, what do you guys talk about Rio DePaul sports? Like, I know uh, I've seen Colby's like live streams that he does in like his stu- in the studio. So, like, what what else goes on in there? Uh, the people that I hang out with and talk to on a consistent basis, I think the big thing that we talk about is uh, basketball. Uh, and, and, and if we do talk about things that are not basketball, then we're not talking about sports at all. And I think that's another testament to how great and how appreciative I am of these people is, uh, yeah, even though our big thing is sports, you know, at the end of the day, we're a great group of friends. We can go out, uh, have fun and, and go check out these really cool places and just have a good time. And, um, you know, we had a, uh, a friend of ours, Jake, he had a show at second city and pretty much all of us showed up and, and supported him Cause you know, that's kind of his thing. And, um, that's just how close we are. You know, when we have something going on, uh, we'll come out and, sh- and show a little bit of support. And uh, when we're down in the dumps, I know I saw it because, you know, I, I had a couple situations there myself. You know, they're very quick to help you get back on track. And, uh, yeah, they're they're a great bunch. And, like I said, uh, very grateful for uh, for what they've taught me and, and what they've done uh, what they've done for me uh, outside of hockey. Yeah, so um, during, like, all, like, your hockey, like, struggles and, like, the loss of love for the game like you had like your radio family it's like obviously they helped you a lot so like was that like a great feeling to have just like have like friends that they don't care about like Rudy as like a hockey player it's just like Rudy as like an actual student yeah so it's funny you say that uh you can probably ask any of them uh I they didn't know anything about my background besides the fact that I lived in Los Angeles and that I played hockey for the school um, I never, you know, boasted about things I did in high school or things that I've done in college. And, you know, when I'm with them, I'm not a hockey player. I'm just a regular guy. And, uh, uh, you know, you have a bad game, you go hang out with your radio friends or in these in this case, my radio friends, and, you know, you forget about the game and that's kind of what I needed. And, um, it's a real shame that I'm not back in Chicago right now and able to hang out with them because I'm sure, with this off season and with where I'm at mentally, uh, we probably have a lot more fun, but, um, you know, they, they helped me out a lot and they knew, they knew some of them knew that I was kind of going through a little bit of a struggle with, uh, my performances and, um, you know, they kind of reminded me who I was and they told me like, Hey man, listen, we don't know much about your hockey career, but we know that you're a badass. So go out there and prove to prove to them that you, you still got it. And, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for them. And, and in particular, my, my group, of my group of future co-hosts on my podcast, uh, Shoot or Shoot, Matt and Gina. I talked a little bit about Gina and, and what she means to me, but didn't really get to talk about Matt, who's uh, another L.A. guy who's awesome. And, he, you know, he helps me out a lot, too. And, you know, he's got a documentary of his own coming out. And, 
you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to, to know uh, a guy that's very passionate about what he talks about. And, and he's, he's awesome. And I, I uh, also got to give a little bit of a shout out to him and uh, what the, what that group of people, uh, what they mean to me. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's this podcast going to be about? Like well, <laughs> background that goes into it. Yeah. Sports, uh, social media, just kind of every, every kind of bit of uh, uh, pop culture stuff. I mean, just a variety of stuff, you know, I'm not necessarily sure. Um, but uh, all I know is that it's coming and it's going to be great stuff. So stay tuned for that. Hey, that'll be sick. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe get me on one time. There we go. Yeah. It's yeah. a lock. Oh, already, a, already a guest. So uh, let's go. We, go. we got one lined up. Yeah. So uh, take us through like a, a day in the life. Like obviously you can't take like a video day in life, but like a day in life as like a DePaul university student. Uh, I'll give you what my day in the life was uh, later in the season when I started to kind of get on my grind again, because I think that's the only day in the life that really matters right now. Um, yeah, I wake up, say, uh, on a Monday, say I have school because I have school on Mondays. Um, probably woke up around 730, uh, had class at uh, 840. Uh, so I, you know, gave myself a little bit of time to get ready and, you know, go to class, have class. Um, at that time, I only had a 50 minute gap to get from, I'll uh, Lincoln Park to the city, so I'll take the train. Probably hang out at the radio station for a good 20, 30 minutes. Um, and then go to my next class. Uh, and then uh, if the season was going on on a Tuesday, then I'd have practice on, on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays. So uh, on those days, I'd be, you know, I practice pretty much till noon, 1230. And then after that, I go to work. But on a Monday, on a school day at DePaul, uh, yeah, after my three o'clock class, hang out at the station for a while, and then I have an another class till seven. And then uh, I'd probably take the train with uh, my good friend, Natalie. We'd take the train together, uh, go home, and uh, I'd get home around probably about 7.38. And then uh, I have a personal trainer over at Export. His name is Dante, and you know he's awesome. And we, we work out for an hour and a half to two hours, and you know, probably take my protein shake after that, go home around 10. It's a long day. I have a horribly long day. Um, and then uh, uh, go to bed probably about 11, 1130. And, you know, that's that's the fake answer. I probably go to bed around like one or two, <laughs> just being on my phone, catching up on the day. And, uh, and then Tuesdays and Thursdays, you know, I got practice. So practice from 10 to 1230. Uh, go to work from 1.30 to about 5, go back home, get some food in between there, uh, and then go work out again. I probably work out like five days a week now, which is <laughs> more than I could say I did in the past, but that's that's pretty much my day in the life. And then the weekends, obviously, we got game days. So. Yeah, you're on the grind, so just getting better, better and better every day. It's all about finding a balance, finding yeah. a rhythm and finding something that works for you. So if you could find something that works, stick with it. Yeah, exactly. Like my schedule's not quite as packed as that, but like I like had class some days I only had class one one day a week or one day <laughs> a week. So I was like so I was like I was done for I'd I went to class, I'd practice and then I'd be done and I'd just chill and just like do homework. But most days I had two classes and then practice. So not as packed as you, but still still get your work in, still get that balance going so whatever whatever works for you works for you yeah man people forget that we're 
<laughs> yeah, we're we're club hockey players, but we have like personal lives too, man. Like we have to still go to class and we still got to do all this. We don't get all this special priority like the the basketball team and all these other teams get at DePaul. So it's all about balance and it's it's all it's a, it that's another mental grind is waking up in the morning and saying, "Ah, damn, I got to go to class today." And yeah. uh yeah, it's it's it, it works, you know. <laughs> it's a lot, yeah. but it, it works. Yeah, like when I had 8 a.m. classes last semester, uh, I'd get up at like 7, but I actually wouldn't get up, get up to like 7.30, 7.35, 7.40 sometimes, and then... That sucks. Sometimes you just don't want to go to class, and... <laughs> well, I do, so that's all that matters. Right. So, like, how's how's it being in the city and, like, like the transportation down there and just, like, going from class to class? Well, I don't have a car um, because I didn't really think buying a car in Chicago would be all that practical because of the convenience of the CTA. Yeah. So I get around with the CTA and, you know, it takes me to where I need to go. It takes me home. Yeah, I have to walk in between, but a little extra cardio. So, <laughs> so it works out. Yeah, yeah, I get around. Can't complain about that. No. Have you, uh, have, do you have any interesting stories that you've seen on uh, the CTA? Hmm. Yeah. One time I witnessed a, a couple kids stealing a phone from this elderly man. And I remember just how upset I was. I was so mad. I was like calling, I called my parents. I'm like, man, I got to go back to LA. I can't do this. I, I hate the city. And uh, yeah, I over-exaggerated, but I mean, it was like, come on, man. This is elderly old man. You're going to steal a phone from him. Like, come on guys, just go get a job and buy your damn phone. <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, I, I don't go to the city that often, but like when I do and I rode the ride the L in the CTA, it's definitely some interesting stuff going on. Nothing, the least. Like the <laughs> Nothing like traveling in the city. Yeah, I'll say that again. <laughs> so uh, going back to like how like heading into like your junior season, like you you said that you changed like your off season routine and like you're using uh, new resources, to, like try to take yourself more seriously. So like, how's that going so far? It's going good, man. Uh, I ended the season at uh, 239 pounds, which is horrible, horrible. The worst shape that I've ever been in. Um, I'm about, I'm about close to three months in. I'm at 215. Uh, feeling pretty good about myself. Like I said, feel lighter. I, I hit my original goal weight. Now I got to get down to 200. And, um, you know, I told my coach, if I'm not back in, if I'm not back in September at 210, just cut me that's how confident I was that I can do it. Um, and I told myself, you know what, man, I got to stick to it. I got to take care of myself. You know, there were a couple comments made throughout the course of the season that didn't really sit well with me as far as uh, where I was uh, physically. And um, that's another thing that, you know, I kind of, it kind of put me over the edge with as far as my performances, you know, not only am I not playing well, but I'm just getting, <laughs> I'm just getting absolutely ragdolled out here. And um, you know, it's kind of, you, you put that in the back of your mind and you don't let it get to you, but you kind of use it as motivation. And, um, you know, that, that's kind of been a, a big thing that whenever I don't want to get up and work out, I think about those comments and I'm like, yeah, you know what, let's go get a little bit of work in and, 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 and prove to those people that, uh, you're, you're more than that. So. Yeah, that's, that's really good that you're keep, keep on going. Cause sometimes it could be really hard to get up, like you said, and just do it. And then you just have like those little things in your head. That's like, no, we got to do this. Let's just go. I know it's, I know it's going to be work, but. It's you're doing it for a reason. Well, like, like we said in the last time I was on, 
I'm a very regimented person. You know, I like kind of having everything in place and, and having everything kind of set up. So, um, uh, you know, at the time I didn't feel like I had a whole lot of balance on myself and, and to be able to kind of sit down and be like, Hey, you know what, let's kind of fill out a routine. Let's get on a strict diet. Let's kind of start to take care of each other here. Um, and, and you know, it's worked out and, and, you know, I'm very grateful that I've been able to, to find a new rhythm, but there's a lot of work left to be done. So I got to keep going. Yeah, exactly. So you're finding that like that new stride that, uh, yeah. in your game and like your confidence and like you're trying to prove that you still have what it takes to compete at like a high level. So what do you, how do you think that's going so far? And like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like I said earlier, I, I, I genuinely feel that if the season started tomorrow, I, I'd be, I'd be a lot better than how I was at the end of the season. And, um, you know, I've kind of, ha- I have this new confidence within myself that, you know, I, you know, I, I can get back to those ways and, and find a way to win games for us. And, um, that's something that I was lacking for a good part of the season there. And uh, to kind of have that, that back and to kind of, you know, know that uh, I got what it takes and that, you know, I could prove to people that uh, I'm still a good goalie. Um, you know, that, that kind of goes a long way. So uh, yeah, to answer to your question, uh, I, I have definitely found a, a new stride and, and motivation to not only play hockey, but to more importantly, take care of my body. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's really good. You know, cause at the end of the day, hockey ends yeah. right and mm-hmm. and you know this is the only body we got so if you're not taking care of yourself then you're not taking care of yourself so it's better to take care of yourself yeah. and than to not yeah it's better, better safe than sorry especially since you know the game will your time will come to an end playing hockey soon not or not soon but like eventually <laughs> eventually yeah eventually. hopefully not soon but eventually yeah, eventually and like you got to have a good body and just stay in shape because, like, once that, once you don't do that, just you're not, not looking good. I agree, man. It's, it sucks, but yeah. you know, it's reality. Stopping from playing hockey than I am to, you know, so I know I'm kind of down the final stretch here, so I want to make the most of it, have fun, and, and more importantly, win some games. Yeah, exactly. It's the goal. Exactly. So uh, come come March, um, like all this like COVID stuff comes up and like like schools are canceling, classes are like going e learning. Like, what's what was that like going for for you? Uh, it was weird. Uh, you know, I I I say it. You know, the the virus was kind of a blessing in disguise because you know I kind of got to come back home, hang out with family, kind of recharge the batteries, and and not worry about you know, hockey and, and, and other external factors over in Chicago. And um, like I said, I, I still have my full workout plan. It's not affected at all. I'm still being able to get my work in. Um, still can work from home with the fire. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, my life, my day-to-day life has not really changed all that much uh, with the exception of not being able to see my radio friends. Um, so, you know, it's really nice to be out here in the sun and, and, and not really <laughs> have to deal with the whole Chicago thing right now. And um, I, I know that down the road, down the stretch, when it, when it, when the time comes that I, I have to go back to Chicago, I'll be more than ready to go and, and, and happy to be there. So um, yeah, just enjoying some time with my family, enjoying some time with my dog uh, and uh, more importantly, uh, getting back in shape and, and, and taking care of some stuff that I, I should be taking care of. Yeah, exactly. And can't complain about the California weather there. 
No, you cannot. <laughs> how how is the weather right now? I see it. I uh, I think it's pretty nice out right now. It looks like looks like it. Beautiful. It was really hot earlier, but it's nice and breezy. Sun's sun's still out for a couple more. Uh, probably about another hour. So, yeah, can't can't complain. I'm even like, I'm I haven't gotten a haircut or anything. I haven't shaved in like a week, and um, I just have no one to see. So I probably could have shaved for the interview, but I just did, didn't. <laughs> I mean, I didn't either, so it's all good. <laughs> so uh, you said uh, you're doing a lot of hanging out with, like, your family, so I'm sure they had a big impact on, like, your hockey career so far and, like, your academic side of stuff. So, like, how's how's that, like, relationship with, like, your parents and your brother? I know you have a brother, like, your family and all that. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, I say it all the time. Uh, everything I do is for my family. Um I have uh, I have their initials on the back of my helmet, and I give it a kiss before every game. You know, at the end of the day, every win, every grade, everything I achieve in my life, it, it's all it's all for them. Uh, you know, I'm not really a big accomplishment guy, honestly, um, but I know it means the world to them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm not where I am without my mom. My mom is definitely the biggest influence on my career and on my life. Uh, you know, she's fought since day one. Uh, coming from Colombia here to give us a better life, and and uh, the least I can do is get a diploma for her and and uh, get educated and and take care of a couple games here. Uh, you know, she loves, she misses, she misses watching me play, and I wish there was a way for her to watch uh, games more often. But um, yeah, you know, to I've said it before, uh, to be able to represent her home country, Colombia, and and you know. Uh, after our first, after my first win with them, they played the national anthem, and I looked up to the crowd and I saw my mom, uh, just singing the anthem and just so excited. And you know, I broke down, started crying on the ice because I know I know how much that means to them and uh, <clears throat> and how much it meant to me to to see them like that. So um, it's little moments like that that you know money can't buy, and um, I'm very grateful to have such a good support system in my life. Yeah, that support system is really important, especially both like athletically and academically. It's just just a blessing to have that, and especially like like you said, you're playing for Columbia, and like you see your mom's like singing, like she's happy, you're happy, and it's just like it's those little moments that matter in life. I mean, I mean, like you know, I'm not, I'm not a, oh, that's a lie. I'm a pretty emotional big guy. <laughs> I'm a pretty emotional guy. But, um, you know, when I play hockey, I'm not super, super emotional. I'm not really the loudest guy. I won't scream at you if you're screening me or anything. I'm very to myself. But um, as far as I could recall, I didn't even cry when I, my senior game in high school um, or my last game in high school. And, and, you know, high school is probably the best four years of my life, and I didn't cry. But, uh, you know, that was the first time that I've ever broke down and, like, just let it all flow out. Just like uh, an unreal amount of emotion – that, like I said, you can't buy those moments. You can't buy seeing your parents genuinely happy. Um, so, you know, for them to see me on a, on a national stage and, you know, represent their home country is, uh, you know, just probably, probably one of, if not the greatest moments in my hockey career. Yeah, that's, that's, you can't buy that. It's just one of those moments where you can't take that, can't take that away at all. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, so like you said, you have like your uh, your parents' initials on the back of your mask. So uh, take us through like your design of your mask because it look it looks sweet. 
I have something very special planned for next season. Um, this year, I, I gave the mask to uh, my uh, a good friend, Joe Morris. He's in somewhere in Indiana. I can't remember the name of the city. Small town. Um, and I, I gave him an outline of what I wanted, and I said, you know what, man, run with it. All I know is I want 33 here, a DePaul logo here, uh, Chicago something, and then just just run with it. Have fun. Oh, and a stripe. I want I want the chin stripe. And I could not have been more happy with the result. He, you know, he's he was he did a really great job with my helmet. Um, but next year I I have something very uh very cool up my sleeve. Uh, I'm gonna do an L.A. Chicago combo because, um, you know, the importance of family for me and the importance of of where I come from and my background. Uh, it, it'd be uh I'd be doing my family a huge disservice if I don't have some sort of tribute to them on my helmet next season. So, when the when the time is right, I'll I'll uh unveil a couple more details on the mask but all i can say for sure is uh i will not be wearing 33 again next season i will be going back to 75 because there is a little bit of a meaning behind that number and um i wore it my freshman year found a lot of success my freshman year so um i'm a very superstitious guy so if i'm gonna find success next year it's gonna be with 75 retiring 33 there we go so i um, can't wait to can't wait to see that mask whenever it it, you know, whenever you uh, unveil it, but it's going to look sick. Count on it. <laughs> it's going to be sick. Yeah, for sure. So uh, what are your ex- expectations going in, a, in a next season? Uh, be the number one. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I'm uh, very motivated. I know what I bring to the table. I know that when I'm on my game, I'm very tough to beat. Um, and when I have that confidence in me that I'm going to win the game, I'm going to win the game. And, um, you know, I hope my coach sees this. I hope I hope he sees that. You know, I got what it takes. Um, I'll I'll be working because when September comes around, uh, I'll be ready to go. And so uh, it's not really a dig at Asher or AJ or anything. You know, I know they know I love them, and uh, I know I love them. Um, but like I said, it's a competition. You want to be the guy, and and uh, right now I want to be the guy. So uh, I'm fully confident that when the season comes around, uh, I'll be between the pipes on opening day. Guarantee hey, it. That that that's the spirit. I like that. It's a very competitive sport. So, if I mean, you if you're not, want if you're not it, fun, if you're not being competitive, you know, then why are you playing? You're in the wrong yeah. sport. So, if you want it, go get it. It's all, it's all in your control. That's all I'm gonna say, man. I mean, I love the guys, but uh, I want to be the guy. You know, that's 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 why I came here. Uh, I was promised ice time my freshman year, and you know, I I more than got it. Ran with it. Lost it a little bit. You know, lost myself a little bit. But you know, it's all about the return. It's all about the rebounds. So. Um, I'm confident that I'm going to rebound and I'm confident that, uh, that I'll, I'm going to have a, a good bounce back year. Yeah, exactly. I, I like that. Just, just roll with it. And, uh, hopefully, uh, we see you guys do big things next year. We're going to nationals. Hey, I like that. So yeah, good group. Yeah. So um, you have a, a couple of stories that you, uh, told me you wanted to share. So yeah, do, uh, do you want to explain those stories? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll tell you the story about how I met Patrick Waugh. He's the he's the reason why I wear thirty three. Unfortunately, I will not be wearing that number next year. But um, yeah, it was the it was the, uh, it was the NHL All Star Game in twenty seventeen. It was here in LA. Um, I we I used to be a big autograph guy. I used to collect autographs, and um, almost everybody was there because it was the NHL one hundred. So uh, a lot of legends and obviously the All Star teams were there. Uh, so, uh, Sidney Crosby is coming down the, 
the hotel ramp and everyone's like getting their stuff for him. And just out of the corner of my eye, I see Patrick Waugh going to Starbucks and Patrick Waugh is notoriously <laughs> very unapproachable. Um, and I knew this. So I grabbed my uh, uh, Colorado puck and I went over to the Starbucks and I, you know, went inside and he was right in front of me. And uh, I said, uh, Mr. Waugh, it's an honor. You know, you're the reason I wore 33 and, you know, I know, I know you probably get that a lot, but um, I'd like to buy your coffee and, and kind of talk to you a little bit. And so uh, my buddy was with me and uh, he uh, politely refused because he probably knew that he made more in his career than I have will ever make. <laughs> so, um, but I asked him like, Hey man, you know, any chance you could sign my puck? I know you don't really like to sign autographs, but you know, it'd mean a lot to me if, if you could sign the puck for me. And, He's like, you know what? Yeah, I got you. So he signed me my puck and um, my buddy's puck. And it's up in my room next to my first win puck. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just the most insane experience. And then everyone noticed that he was in the Starbucks. So he just gets mobbed. And he turns around looks at us and says, you guys came at a good time. And, uh, you know, we walked away with our signed pucks. And then as everyone was going for Patrick Wall, everyone forgot about Sidney Crosby. So I had a – uh, a, a picture, a, uh, a canvas 12 by 18 of his golden goal uh, for Team Canada, and I got that signed. He spanked it, and, and now that's up in my room as well. That that's awesome. I don't. There's not that many times where you could just say that. Say like they're like that nice to you, especially since like Wa's not really approachable, and you're able to get his autograph and like some personal time with him. That's just it's unreal. Yeah, man. He. I'm sure he's a nice guy. You know, it's just like I mean, you, you put him in that setting. You have like hundreds of people mobbing him for a picture and, a, and an autograph. Like I probably wouldn't be that approachable either if I had to deal with that every day. So I, I got him at a good time and I got to see the real Patrick Wall, not not this Patrick Wall that people assume, you know, the fighter, the, the scrappy yeah. guys. Yeah, you always see uh, YouTube videos of like him when he was a coach with like uh, Bruce Boudreaux, I believe yeah. it was. And like yeah. – all his fights that he's been on, but that he's been in, but overall looks, it seems like he had a great experience with him and there's nothing better than that. He, he was awesome. He was really good to us. And, and, uh, and he, uh, you know, they say, don't meet your heroes, but I met my hero and, and I could say that I had a good experience with him. So can't complain. Yeah. So uh, do you also have another story that you want to tell? Or, or was I'm that? Blanking. I'm blanking. What are you talking about? Uh, Sneaking in the NHL 100 ceremony. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> How did I forget that? Um, yeah. So uh, at the time, the, the the Kings were having an NHL 100. It was broadcast on NBC, and we were in the back of the building. Of the the it's now the it was the Nokia Theater, but now it's like the the Microsoft Theater. It's right next to the Staples Center. Um, we were in the back, and uh, we were getting autographs, and I, I was there with Marcel Dion. Not sure if you know who Marcel Dion is. He's a king's great. He's probably, yeah. in my opinion, top ten best player of all time. No doubt. Uh, you know, he comes in and he's like, "Walk with me, walk with me." So like the security guards saw that I was walking with him because you know he told me to. And so me and my buddy are coming in, and it's just me, him, and Dion, like walking into the building. We're like, dude, like we just passed all this security. Um, we're inside the ceremony, and the security guards thought nothing of it because we. You know, we, we were going in with a guy that had a, a, uh, a pass. So um, 
we're going in and the security guards like don't stop us because like Marcel Dion just said, yeah, come, come walk with me inside. So they thought we were with him. Um, so we, we go inside and, and, and he signs our stuff. And then he's like, he's like, all right, thanks boys. Turns around and leaves. And we're just in the middle of this, like nowhere, like nowhere. We have no idea where we're at. So we make a couple turns, we walk around and, you know, we see all these guys in suits and we're like, who are these guys? Ends up being the green room <clears throat> with Sidney Crosby, Mario Lemieux. Uh, Yari Curry was in there. Uh, who else is in there? Uh, Sergei Fedorov, uh, Joe Sackick was in there. Um, all these legends. And here we are in sweats and jackets, uh, completely out of place. We look like we worked at the place. So we, the ceremony starts and we're walking across the aisle. We're walking past the aisles and we see Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews. We see all these players and stuff. We're like, holy cow, what the hell are we doing in here? We go in and we separate. And we're like, listen, man, if you see an empty seat, just take it. So we took empty seats. We stood for the whole ceremony. Um, and we, we, I got to meet Connor McDavid soon after. Uh, I had my backpack full of my stuff, but I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to jeopardize missing being in a room with the greatest hockey players of all time for an autograph. So I'll wait till after the ceremony to ask for their autograph. So um, me and my buddy see McDavid walking by himself and we're like, you know what? There's no security around here. Let's just ask him for a picture. So we have a picture with Connor McDavid um, just chilling and uh, he could not have been more cool. And, uh, and then you, you get him outside in that setting where everyone's mobbing him. And he's not the, not the nicest guy. Um, so yeah, that's how we snuck in to the NHL uh, 100 ceremony. I do not recommend doing that at all, ever, because you will get detained. And, and the fact that the fact that my story doesn't end with me being in jail um, is, uh, is it's pretty cool. Yeah, that that's wow. You're in a room with full full of just legends, and yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, no it's like thought, no one thought other otherwise of you being like sweats and like all that, and like you're just able to like get a seat and just watch the ceremony easily, like. 20 to 30 Stanley Cups within all those players. And, you know, my biggest achievement at the time was uh, going to an all-star game in the high school league. And it's, it's like, geez, or I uh, know we, we went to nationals one time. So I guess I could say that, but um, yeah, it was like, man, I, I'm so out of place. And I, here I am like in sweats. I was wearing a hat and I was like, man, I, I look like, I look like that guy. And I was that guy. So, but it was great. It was a great story. It was something I'll probably tell my kids. Yeah. It's you can't get any better than that. Like for real, like, there's nothing more, more exciting than that. Like there's no words to say to describe that. It's just, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's unreal. Yeah. So, uh, are there any other, uh, interesting stories that you have? I know those are the two main ones, but any interesting, other interesting stories? Not that I can think of, uh, if I do think of some, then maybe they're not as, as crazy as those. But, yeah, those two were, were definitely the, my favorite stories. And I can't believe I forgot about the NHL 100 story. But, yeah, that's, those, two, those two are pretty crazy. Yeah, because I, I, I'm looking at your notes right now, and I was like, sneaking in the 100, NHL 100 ceremony. And it's like, how do you forget that? Yeah, it's one of those things, like, I, I forget about it unless I think about it. So, if it comes up, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I completely did that. But, yep, that's how, that's how I snuck into a – a black tie event in the sweats. That's crazy. Yeah, it was it was pretty fun. Bobby Orr. That's another player that I was cool. in there. Wow. 
It's just cool. Yeah. So um, I believe we're almost at the end of the interview, but um, you like the you like the Lakers, right? Are you a big Lakers fan? I'm a huge Lakers fan. Um, what do you think? Rip to Kobe. How how do you feel when you? <laughs> Uh, how do I feel about the Kobe situation? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what. Uh, it was hard. It was hard on me. You know, Kobe was a a, a big influence, uh, not just to me individually, but to the entire city. Um, you know, he's one of those players that are people that you can say without a shadow of a doubt that he was an icon, and um, what he's meant to the game is is uh, unparalleled, especially here in Los Angeles and. Uh, you know, to, to, to see how the city came out and, and uh, memorialized him and, and mourned for him. Uh, it says a lot about the, the people of Los Angeles and, um, and what, 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 uh, what he meant to us. So, uh, unfortunately, I was in Chicago when everything happened. My brother was at the, the game when the Lakers came back. And uh, a huge tearjerker. You know, I'm not going to lie. I probably shed a few tears um, throughout the course of the day. Uh, you know, it's, it's so weird because – he was such an icon and you know you think you think people like that they're just going to live forever and yeah. uh it was it was really uh, a tough couple of days here in los angeles uh but uh you know part of the journey is the end and um you know you can't really uh can't really uh think of a of a of an ending as fitting as the one with his final game uh you know throwing down 60 and and, and uh just kind of capping off of an illustrious career that way and um yeah Kobe Bryant is is definitely uh the greatest Laker of all time uh probably arguably one of the best players of all time if not the best and um what he's done for the city is is unlike anyone else yeah that that was a devastating day like I probably shed a a few uh, tears that day too because I've looked up to him ever since I was younger and just like that stuff happens and just how sudden it was just out, out of left field it was just a regular Sunday I remember it was a Sunday I was gonna go do groceries with my roommate at Target next thing I know I go on Twitter and I saw Kobe Bryant has passed away and it was by it was on TMZ and I'm like yeah, it's TMZ man they get stuff wrong all the time and I remember sending it to my dad and he was like he got mad at me and he was like hey, don't send me stuff like this like this isn't funny and he, you know, we both found out it was real. My dad called me and he was kind of in tears. And uh, I say it pretty often. And there's only three things that me and my dad talk about consistently. And that's uh, hockey, uh, Kobe and the Lakers, or Tiger Woods. <laughs> if Tiger's playing well, we're talking about Tiger Woods. And if Kobe's playing well, then we're talking about Kobe or the Lakers. And, you know, if the Kings are playing well, we'll talk about the Kings. So um, a hard day for not just me and my family, but for uh, – the world really yeah just like just to see how like la was reacting like the whole like world was rounded too like everyone was was there with everyone it's just a sad day it was it was tough but you know the nba did the right thing and how they went about the situation and uh you know the way these teams and buildings memorialized him i i remember I was on the train and I looked up at the Willis Tower and it was purple and gold. And, you know, never would I imagine that the Lakers would be, you know, at the top of Chicago. Well, I mean, like I, the Lakers being on top of the Chicago Bulls, like that's every day, but, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, more of the, the moral compass side of it that 
they would memorialize Kobe. It, it was very uh, a classy move by uh, by them. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent, no doubt. So uh, you said um, you were talking about Tiger Woods. Uh, do you play golf as well? Big golfer, huge golfer. How's your golf game? Uh, it's not where I want to be right now because I haven't been able to play. But you know, I think it's just like hockey. When I'm on my game, I'm pretty tough to beat. Yeah. I, I have my I have my days where I shoot really well. I think the best score I've shot is a 77. Okay. That's not bad. Not bad. Five over par. It's pretty good in my book. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is there a, a favorite course you you uh, play in LA over there? Yeah, man. My favorite course that I've ever played at is Torrey Pines. Played Torrey Pines uh, where Tiger won the U.S. Open in 2008. Um, played the South course, shot a 94. I played horribly, but, you know, just to – I recreated that tiger putt, um, you know, took a lot of pictures. I, I went on a sun, a Sunday morning. So, uh, spent, spent a pretty, a pretty penny on playing there. I spent <clears throat> a lot of money, probably easily the most money I've ever spent playing golf and, um, got a nice jacket out of it. Got a cool little uh, medallion to put on my bag. And, uh, just to be able to say I played there is pretty spectacular yeah. not a lot of people get to play there that's on a lot of people's bucket list so yeah knocked it, knocked it out early yeah now you... I just to find a way to get to augusta yeah for sure so uh, have you ever played uh in illinois golf yeah yeah my clubs are in illinois damn it <laughs> i thought i was going to be able to go back and and then pick up my clubs and they're still in chicago so a couple of the courses are still open around here so i was kind of open to go but I don't have my yeah, you don't have it, so yeah. uh, trying to coordinate a way with my roommate to get those shipped out here, but yeah. no luck so far. One, one day, one day soon. One day. <laughs> so what's your uh, favorite course in uh, Illinois? Huh, favorite course in Illinois. Wow, you've asked me a lot of good questions, but this is the one that stumped me. I, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't played a whole lot of courses. Um, I'd probably say, uh, golly. I'm blanking right now, but it's down south. Uh, we were supposed to have our DePaul outing there. I can't think of the name right now, but I played. I played there when I played for DePaul's club golf team, and it was the first first course that I played. I think it starts with an H. I'm not sure. You caught me. You got me. You finally got me. I got you. You stumped me. Uh, man, that's gonna bother me if I don't figure it out. Um. But uh, yeah, I'd say oh Harborside. There we go. Jesus, yeah. Harborside, my favorite course in Chicago. Harborside Golf Club. Yeah, I I haven't played there, but seems like a seems like a really good course to play. Pretty good. Recommend it. But I'll have to I'll have to check that out one day soon. There's, sure. a lot, there's honestly a lot of good courses in uh, Illinois. Yeah, it's it's nice when the when the temperature's right, but. Uh, it's I don't know I I hate the fact that like there's seasons and like Chicago like I had to go like four months without playing golf like it drives me miserable like coming home for winter break just come play golf literally every day my mom's like you're never home and I'm like yeah mom because I'm playing golf sorry catching up getting <laughs> getting my fix in before I have to go back to the snow yeah I bet it's a lot better in in LA in the winter than what you, what we get in Chicago yep a hundred percent. Yeah, so uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before we uh, get this uh, get this off? I think we covered I think we covered a, a pretty big chunk. <laughs> we talked about a lot, so 
Yeah, I'm all good. Yeah, so um, uh, this was a very good episode. We had, we talked a lot, but it was all all uh, all all amazing. I can't say enough about it. Um, thank you so much for coming on again for part two. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. It was a uh, it's a lot of fun, but hopefully next season I'll actually be able to get out to a DePaul game and uh, see you guys go go all the way. Hey man, next time you uh, find yourself in the city, uh, you got a ticket with your name on it. I'll be sure to to get you uh, set up. Hey, but sounds good. I I really appreciate that, but. There's not that much to much else to cover since we covered everything. So I know I keep saying this, but thank you so much, Rudy, for coming on again. It was really nice catching up and talking about like hockey and like your life at DePaul, life outside of DePaul and all that kind of stuff. So this is great content. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Happy to help. We're happy to happy to come on. We'll see you.